This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. Metron Garage is a company designing unique garages, condos, and other structures specifically for the auto enthusiasts. They've got eight models to choose from, including two-story options, which I think is super cool, while with a very modern look and feel to them. And they come in all sizes, and they're fully customizable. You can check out them today and start specking your own ultimate garage at metrongarage.com, where you can request a catalog or talk to someone to learn more. So be sure to check it out. I just want to give a quick thanks to Euro Classics for sponsoring this episode. Euro Classics is all about collector cars, from servicing your new BMW M5 to prepping your Porsche for the racetrack to executing a total restoration on your favorite classic. They do it all from routine maintenance to performance upgrades to appraisals and everything in between. You can learn more about its owner, Dale Oaks, by listening to episode number 65 of this podcast. And you can find Euro Classics in the Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana service area and online at euroclassics.com. Classics, C-L-A-S-S-I-X dot com. Welcome to the Collector Car Podcast. Today I'm going to review some of the collector cars coming up for auction starting today at RM Sotheby's Auburn Fall Auction. Now before I do, I would like to make a request of all my listeners. Yes, all of you that are listening right now. If you enjoy this podcast, and I'm assuming you do or else you want to be listening, please give me a positive rating or a shout out on your podcast provider. Ratings elevate the profile of this podcast, which means it would get to more auto enthusiasts. As always, thank you for your support. Now, at the Auburn Auction, Auburn is selling 584 lots of automobiles and 523 cars, which increases every day as I see some little notes come through on my email. I did notice we have a Duesenberg and I think a Cord and an Auburn, which makes sense for Auburn, Indiana. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a brief review of the major collections that are coming up for auction I'm going to pick a couple of the highlight cars as I see them and a sleeper car. So one to keep an eye on when you're looking at the auction results or while you're watching the auction live. Now these collections are the Glen Haig Collection, the Cayman Island Motoring Museum Collection, the North American Motor Car Collection, the Favazzo Collection, the Michigan Collection, and the King Collection. So that is the order in which I will cover them. So let's start with the Glen Haig Collection. Now this is about 68 cars. 75 motor scooters, tractors, and bikes, and a ton of automobilia. Now, most of this stuff is from the 1930s, 1940s, and 1950s, and there's quite a few woodies in the mix here. Now, Donnie Gold, car specialist for RM Sotheby, stated, Knowing Glenn's passion for highly original examples, his collection represents an amazing opportunity for purists looking for examples that have an honest patina, authentic, untouched appearance, and likely last ran when Glenn himself drove the cars into the building after a cross-country road trip. This collection is a type of quintessential assembly of cars hidden away in barns you hear about but never see, and we are simply delighted to present the group at our 51st annual Auburn Fall Auction. Okay, so highlight cars. You know, most of these cars are probably thirty to $40,000 and below, so under thirty grand. so there's a lot of opportunities. If you are an aspiring car collector or auto enthusiast looking to get your first purchase, 
because they're from the 1940s and 50s, these are cars that are easy to work on. And the highlight car I picked out is a Woody. It's a 1940 Ford Deluxe Station Wagon. Estimates forty dollars to $50,000. Offered without reserve, so it's definitely going to sell. Uh, this is just one of those classic Woodies from the 1940s. Great, beautiful car. Now, I have a couple sleeper cars here. Ironically, they're both Mustangs. And uh, if you've listened to this podcast, you know I'm a big Mustang fan. The first one's a 1979 Ford Mustang Indianapolis 500 pace car replica. The estimate is fourteen dollars to $18,000. Offered without reserve. It shows 3,000 miles on it and a nice layer of dust. Now, I don't know if that mileage is correct or accurate. It sure looks like it because when you look at the rest of the interior using the pictures online, you see that it looks original and untouched. So that could be a big sleeper car there. Fox Body Mustangs are very popular. And that is the first year of the Fox Body Mustang as well as an Indy Pace car replica from the factory. Now, the other one, like I said, is also a Mustang, and I definitely want to see this one up close and personal. It's a 1966 Ford Mustang GT convertible. So the GT has has to at least be an A-code four-barrel 289 car. Could be a K-code hypo uh, 289 four-barrel car. This one is an A-code convertible automatic red, red interior. And the reason I want to look at this one, there's a couple red flags I see. Uh, the GT package deleted the side ornamentation, added a badge, added side stripes, uh, trumpet exhaust out the rear, uh, fog lights. And there's a couple ways you can check to make sure that this is a real GT. Now, the only red flag on this car was it did have the side ornamentation still, which should have been deleted, and it did not have the side stripe. So either it's an original A-code convertible, which is very desirable, or it's kind of like a... A little gem here it is an actual gt convertible just need to take off the side ornamentation there's a couple ways you can check there's one in particular that is a surefire way to make sure that it is a gt so i'm going to check that out when i get there if you're interested in this car just shoot me a note at g stanley at armsethabees.com okay the next collection is the cayman island motor museum collection i would love to know the story behind this as far as how we consigned it because I would have loved to gone down to the Cayman Islands to check it out. This one has 43 cars and 16 motorcycles. I picked two Mercedes-Benzes as the highlights. Both of them 2012 Mercedes-Benz SLS cars. One of them is the AMG Coupe with the gullwing doors. The other is the AMG Roadster and they are in matching colors. The estimate on the Roadster is 120 to 160. And the estimate on the coupe is 180 to 200. So this is, again, a situation where the coupe is actually worth more than the convertible. This is a great way to get matching a matching pair of SLS AMG cars for 2012. They're really beautiful, and they're appreciating in price. I don't remember the mileage on these, but they weren't... I think one had 30,000 miles. The other one had like 18,000 miles. Not super low mile cars, but still uh, not too bad. And you could take those out and uh, enjoy them now. Now, the sleeper car for this one, I had, I picked the 1966 Shelby 427 Cobra replica. Uh, this one estimate is thirty dollars to $35,000, offered without reserve. That estimate is pretty low, and I don't know exactly what's driving that. Looking at the pictures, it looks really nice. The body's by Classic Roadsters out of Florida, I believe, so it's not a super performance car. But it still looks really nice. It has all the nice 427 things. It got has the side pipes. It has the Halibrand wheels. It has a big block Ford FE V8 engine with dual quad carburetors, five-speed manual tr- transmission. So it's rare you see 
a decent Cobra replicar under 45 grand. This one says 30 to 35, so I'm curious to see where this one ends up. Could be the sleeper car of the sale. All right, the next collection is the North American Motor Car Collection. Uh, this was mostly race cars or cars that were inspired by race cars. And then, ironically, a lot of SUVs. So there's quite a few FJs. There's a couple uh, modified Broncos. And the highlight cars I picked for this one was a 1994 Chevrolet Lumina NASCAR. And it's an actual Jeff Gordon raced NASCAR car. And the estimate on this one's 125 to 150. That's probably pretty accurate until you get two of the NASCAR folks in the room, which happened at Elkhart. And one of these cars went for another 40 to 50 grand higher than estimate. Uh, this is an authentic Jeff Gordon race Hendrix Motorsport built NASCAR champion. And it is perhaps the most iconic example of its time. The second one is a 1970 Plymouth Superbird. Estimate on this car is 150 to 175. Now this is out of the description here. Our cover car represents, at least for many fans of American Muscle, the absolute pinnacle of what a muscle car can be. This highly original example showed a scant 33,000 miles on its odometer at the time of cataloging with its matching numbers Super Commando V8 engine and its four-barrel carburetor still providing plenty of motive force. Made famous by the so-called King of NASCAR, Richard Petty, this well-preserved Toro Red over white, it's actually orange, vinyl example has another closer connection to American Motorsports as it formerly was part of the collection of Jeff Gordon's longtime crew chief, Ray Everham, who actually gave a nice video reviewing the previous car I just mentioned, the 1994 Chevrolet Lumina NASCAR. All right, the sleeper car out of this collection, and this one's just because I have such fond memories of it growing up, is a 1977 Datsun 200SX. So this is the little funky-looking Datsun, estimates 17 to 20 grand, offered without reserve, a little 2-liter, 4-cylinder, bulletproof engine, 5-speed manual transmission, any of the Japanese cars from the 70s that are in decent shape that are real-world drive, manual transmission, are worth looking at. Now, this one has is desirably equipped with push-button radio. That's pretty impressive. Air conditioning and a clock. So let's hear it for the options for that 1977 Datsun 200SX. All right, the next collection is the Favazzo collection. I know this one very well. There's 12 cars in this collection. I picked out two highlight cars. One of them is a 1970 Ford Mach 1 Twister Special. Now, this is the Mustang that was famously given a package by the Kansas City dealerships called the Twister Special. Only 96 of them were made. This one has a 351 V8 engine, and it's an automatic car. Beautiful car. Uh, grabber orange. They all were grabber orange. Rare. They only made 96 of them, and this one is in absolutely immaculate condition. The second car I would call out is a 1976 Cadillac Bicentennial Convertible. I mentioned this one because I am the consigning specialist, and I have had more calls about this 1976 Cadillac Bicentennial Convertible than I ever thought I would. I think I've had about 10 calls inquiring about this car, so I'm curious to see what happens with that one. And then the sleeper car is another Mustang. It's a 2008 Ford Mustang Bullet. What's interesting about this car is it's the actual first pilot production car that was used in a lot of the magazines for testing. So Road and Track, uh, Motor Trend, all of those used this particular car for their testing. And it's kind of neat. It has a nice commemorative plaque, a ton of documentation on this car. Obviously made famous by the Steve McQueen movie Bullet, which this one harkens back to. All right, let's move on to the Michigan collection. This one has 52 cars from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Everything from early Cadillacs, Packers, and Buicks to the 1970s Lincoln. A lot of Lincolns. Ironically, there were no cars from 1961 to 1969, 
So they either they were not a fan of muscle cars or they kept all of those into in their warehouse. <laughs> so a few highlights. Most of these cars have an estimate between $3,000 and $45,000. Uh, so there's some deals to be made here. Now the jewel of the collection is the 1958 Cadillac Eldorado Brome. I'm going to read a little bit more about this car from our description. One of just 304 built for the 1958 model year. The ultimate and most expensive American automobile of its era, the sought-after 1958 model with the more powerful Tri-Power V8. Now, this is a nice description from Forrest Casey at RM Sotheby's. It's hard to imagine an American automaker today building a four-door sedan that would be priced higher than a new Ferrari or Rolls-Royce. The 1950s were a different time. Glitter was good, big, bigger was better, and too many accessories was just right in the age of chrome and neon. Ford had upped the ante with the introduction of his Continental Mark II, a two-door coupe so elite that the Blue Oval didn't even bother calling it a Lincoln. It was an era ripe for the ultimate Cadillac, a car heaped with everything that General Motors engineering and styling gurus could throw at it. Hardy Earl's style team contributed multiple new ideas, including four-door hardtop sedan bodywork with side windows that disappeared completely, frame rails and all, rear-hinged rear doors, which were a throwback to the 1930s, and a broad expanse of sparkling brushed stainless steel for the roof. Quad headlights were exclusive to the model and still illegal in most states. Interesting. The engineering staff worked out a litany of power accessories so numerous that power everything wasn't just a convenient phrase, it was reality. The trunk lid and rear doors not only opened with the push of a button, but they closed with one too, and the doors would lock automatically when the transmission was put in gear. A memory front seat was the, was a first for a production car, as were the forged aluminum wheels. Naturally, there was air conditioning. That's amazing. I didn't know all those things happened with this particular car. All this high living came at a cost of $13,974, which was twice the cost of the Eldorado Barritz convertible. In fact, one had to look long and hard to find a production car anywhere in the world that was as expensive as an Eldorado Brome. Cadillac reportedly lost $10,000 on every car built, which is why the original Eldorado Brome lasted for only two years and only 704 examples were made. That's pretty cool. The next car is a 1970 Dodge Charger RTSE. The estimate on this car is sixty-five dollars to $75,000, offered without reserve. I picked this one because it was a rarer model. It features the special edition package, which includes deep dish wheel covers, a lighting package, leather bucket seats, wood grain instrument panel, and sports steering wheel. Powered by the 7.2 liter Magnum V8 paired with a torque flight automatic transmission. So this one was just kind of cool. I thought it was neat. So that's one of the highlights from this collection. Now the sleeper car, there was quite a few late 70s Lincoln Continentals to choose from. There was a Bill Blass edition, but I picked the 1978 Lincoln Continental Mark V Diamond Jubilee Edition. Estimates $30,000 to $40,000 offered without reserve. One of just over 5,000 Diamond Jubilee Editions produced for 1978. It was built to celebrate 75 years of the Ford Motor Company, and it had a lengthy list of standard features. A four, <laughs> get this. The optional engine was a 400 cubic inch V8 with only 166 horsepower. It was diamond blue over a blue interior. Opera window features beveled glass with Diamond Jubilee Edition script. It had power steering, brakes, windows, including vents, locks, seats, and air conditioning. Features included Cartier chronometer, garage door opener, AM, FM stereo system with quad 8-track player. <laughs> okay, now off to the King Collection. So this is where the Germans are being represented. Eight cars, all German, either Porsche or VW. The highlight car is a 1964 
356C Carrera 2 Coupe estimates 350 to $400,000, one of only 126 Carrera 2 Coupes built for 1964. Amongst Porsche 356 enthusiasts, perhaps no model is more coveted than a C-Series Carrera 2. The 4-cam type 587-1 engine was the most powerful unit that Porsche had ever created for a production car, developing 130 brake horsepower at 6,200 RPM. Engines modified for competition were claimed to deliver as much as 180 horsepower. While most Carrera 2s were B models, Porsche installed a 2-liter Carrera engine in 445 T6 steel-bodied C-Series coupes and cabriolets for the 1964 model year. Interestingly, of that total, just 126 were coupes. The Carrera 2 was touted as Porsche's fastest model, capable of 130 miles per hour and 0 to 60 in 9.2 seconds. Doesn't sound that fast by today's standards, but for that time and period, they were fast. The second highlight car is the 1963 Porsche 356B Cabriolet. Estimate was seventy-five dollars to $100,000. Now, this is one that's had everything from a color change, interior, exterior, top, uh, but it sounds like it's complete and ready for a total restoration, so that's the second highlight car from that collection. And the sleeper car, you'll probably laugh at me for this one, but if you've listened this long to this podcast, I know you're a true fan. I know you're a true fan. I picked the Desert Rail Buggy, estimate 12 to 15 grand, offered without reserve. Now, I picked this car only because it was kind of funky looking, kind of weird looking, rear engine, VW powered, low price. And buggies are really hot right now. I mean, they started revamping or remaking the Myers Manx. So folks are on the, the Doom Buggy train right now. And I think this one might surprise us. We will see. I don't know that it had a lot of providence or anything like that, but it's a cool doom buggy. So that's it for today. As always, thanks for listening, and I will talk to all of you next week. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.